0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the All Things Military and Veteran Podcast. I am your host, Adam Gillard. Thanks for joining me today. This podcast is brought to you by the El Paso County, Colorado Progressive Veterans. We do exist out there, um, and if you're looking to join some like-minded progressive veterans, please email us at info at uh, We can help you out, you know, finding resources for vets and, and different things. Um, but we're going to really try and focus our attention now on legislative issues for vets and making sure that we can uh, push things forward long-term to, to help all of past veterans and future veterans. So if you're looking to get involved, reach out to me, info at org, or just go to our website and you'll be able to reach out and contact me there. Uh, we also have our, our Facebook group page that just got access to so if you want to shoot me a message on there i will respond on there also so google us look us up el paso county colorado progressive veterans and uh, reach out and start to make a difference for this week's show i was fortunate enough to be able to sit down and talk with john morris he's a a local political activist focusing on candidate development um had a great conversation with them uh fun talking with them i hope you guys get something out of this so here you go Hello, everyone. Welcome to the All Things Military and Veteran Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Gillard. Today joining me is John Morris. He's a community activist, uh, active with the Democratic Party, uh, working on candidate development, things like that. Um, John, thanks for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Uh, before we get into the uh, democratic uh, community activism, things like that, tell me a little bit about yourself, where you come from, where, you, where you've where you worked in the past, things like that.
1: Well, I grew up in Denver and went to Denver Public Schools, and then I came down to Colorado Springs to go to Colorado College in the last century. Um, and... Uh, uh, graduated from Colorado College, uh, Summa Cum Laude, and then got a teaching job in District 11 here in El Paso County. What, what was your
0: degree in at the college? Uh, history. Okay, in history. Yeah, that's right. all
1: I do is history. Yeah. Uh, and then I went on, to, um, got a teaching job in, uh, in El, pa- in El Paso County in secondary high schools, and, uh, so taught for 27 years. Okay. And, uh, in the course of that, I also, uh, went off to get, uh, a doctorate in history at the University of Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, Columbia. Um, and then I retired in 2000, and uh, since then I have been actively involved in uh, the Democratic Party. Over time, uh, I was the chair of the party uh, from 2005 to 2009, and then since then I've held various jobs. And one of the projects that I worked on with the, in the party was to try to develop a candidate, uh, sort of a candidate handbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, if somebody makes the decision to run for office, how do you do it? Yeah, and so it was kind of a step by step: how do you proceed from thinking about it for yourself, but also into how do you set up a campaign and all this other stuff. So it was, try- it was a practical handbook for local politics, which... I find local politics have been oft, often neglected in the conversation, mm-hmm. and people get very interested in what's going on in Washington. I'm much more interested in what's going on in the local community with schools and, and county yeah. commission and state legislative offices. So the local, local elections are what I'm particularly interested in, mm-hmm. and, and developing local candidates is what I'm particularly interested in.
0: Yeah, and what's wild about the local side of the business is it's a lot easier to affect a change there. Absolutely, <laughs> you know?
1: absolutely. We're seeing that right now in our school boards and all the chaos that's going on with school boards right, right. now is is those are those are easy jobs to ambush because nobody pays attention, mm-hmm. and so it's it's really important you have to pay attention to these things and and it's important to get quality people deciding to run and and work on these jobs because if you don't, somebody yes. else will, and bad things will happen.
0: So how do you get people to pay attention before it affects them you know <laughs>
1: it's a very hard thing to do one and this is particularly dangerous i think with well, my breed of cat which maybe the more the liberal spectrum is that we sort of take things for granted mm. everything seems okay everything seems fine and so you just <laughs> yeah. kind of let it go yeah and then what happens and this has happened a number of times in this community um That uh, where, especially in local offices, is that nobody's paying attention. And then somebody comes in with a chunk of money and three candidates and endorsements from the governor. And they they steal the school board election because Mm -hmm. nobody was paying attention. Yeah, Uh, that happened about 20 years ago. And then fortunately, about a year later, that school board was recalled. Because people woke up and got mad. Right. And that's what I'm hoping is happening right now, is people waking up and getting mad and getting out there to do something about it. So my job, or one of my jobs, or things I like to do is to try to talk to people who are thinking. People who say, I can't take this anymore. i got to do something. Well, okay, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And my job, I think, is to try to help give them alternatives, options of things they can do to make a difference. Candidate is one. But participation in other ways on, on commissions, on... You know, on candidates, campaigns or whatever, yeah. but just to try to provide some options for how do you get involved in politics and how do you, um you know, and how can you make a difference, right. even if you don't run, but yeah. you're helping other people do it. Yeah. So just that idea, because most people don't have a clue.
0: Right, there's a there's an infrastructure to campaigns that I think a lot of people neglect. They just think it happens. Right, yeah, like the, and it the flyers happen. and the phone calls and that's the, the doorknock. Well, and, and but even e- even to going, going on the ballot, you know.
1: that's right, and that's just the campaign part of it. Right. But then there's a whole organizational structure that goes back to caucuses to selecting Mm -hmm. delegates to the county assembly to the state assembly and then they pick candidates and there's a whole process from the ground up that will begin next march uh and people are so people need to be interested now about next march and and that's that's the thing that's that's hard to get is people don't pay attention to elections until six weeks two months before november and that's It's all done by then. I mean,
0: well, and with like the presidential election next year, people are so sick and tired of hearing it constantly. Like by the time, like you get down the ballot, like, they're sick of listening to some things. You know, absolute, so, so, like, they just go deaf after a while.
1: That's absolutely And down ballot voting is a really a critical thing. You're absolutely yeah. right that, that especially with all the publicity that goes on with the presidential election, you'll see, you'll see probably a 20, 25% increase in turnout for the presidential elections that you don't see in the off-year elections. And at the lowest level, I mean, you know, when you might get a 90% turnout for presidential elections, for a school board election, you might get a 30% turnout, a 35% turnout. And so that neglect of, of our local offices is really indicative. And it, it's tragic in terms of what it does to our kids and mm-hmm. to our society. And so it's, it's very concerning. So anything I can do to try to just help people move along, um, and get, go where they want to go if they want to get involved so anyway that's kind of that's how I kind of envisioned my role so yeah
0: and what was kind of your you know you say you taught for 27 years I did have you ever done the math to like how many kids you've like taught
1: well let's let's figure on average probably about 120 a year cuz yeah. i had five classes a day five days a week so okay. um and uh, so something like that yeah. 120 times whatever that is so yeah wow you've got the computer you figure it out
0: <laughs> so. yeah i don't do public math oh, okay so. <laughs> never, mind. never mind we won't discuss it <laughs> um yeah I, i'm a history guy too so yeah. you, you know i don't do public yeah. math right. okay. <laughs> uh but, but so you have that impact on all those people and then then you retire what made you w- want to get involved in politics
1: Okay, this is, and this is kind of a, I'm talking bad a little bit about myself here now because quite honestly, when I was a young kid, well, 1970, um, Kent State happened and I was, an, I was interested in all that in politics and stuff right as I was getting out of college. And then Kent State happened and I just dropped out. And a, a lot of my generation did that. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, we were very active in the 60s, anti-war and all this stuff, but I, but, then when Kent State happened and the National Guard shot down four students and wounded several others yeah. at Kent State, we just said, screw it. Why yeah. should we care about our country? And for the next 30 years, I was of that mindset. I was a school teacher. I said, I'm doing my duty. I'm teaching right. kids. That's enough. Right. But it wasn't enough. And I watched in that 30 years, I really watched my, uh, I watched my country go through hard times mm-hmm. because the bad guys were taking over.
0: Yeah.
1: Sorry, but true. People who had certain attitudes and ideas that I did not agree with were, were installing themselves in government right. and making it worse.
0: Yeah.
1: And we saw a real deterioration in the public schools, for example, I think, from the 70s onwards, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the 80s and the whole anti-tax movement that came out. Yeah. Uh, that, that destroyed so many public institutions. And and I didn't. I was out of it. And then when I retired, I said, you know, what do I do now? hmm and I really felt pretty guilty yeah. <laughs> about my neglect mm-hmm. for the previous thirty years, and so I said, "You know, John, you got to make up for that. You got to do something." Yeah. And so I, I did something. Unfortunately, I had a a friend. I was teaching at Coronado at the time, and I had a friend, uh, Michael Merrifield, who was also teaching there at the same time. And he mm-hmm. was very politically ambitious. He loved. He ran for office in two thousand and lost. But then in two thousand two, um, uh, I. I, I he kind of I, I said okay well I'll go help Mike run for office I'll spend a couple hours a week doing that, well right away it was eight hours a week or eight, eight hours out. a day and it was <laughs> uh, and Michael won that election it was for the state legislature now it's eighteen he won that election by about 115 votes and he was the first Democrat elected from El Paso County in 12 years that's cool and so it was really kind of the start yeah. And planting seeds and getting things going, and so now we have, I think, four sitting in the legislature. I'm hoping we'll have five or six by next election. Yeah. But anyway, but <laughs> the point was that Michael gave me a focal point, uh, and his campaign gave me a focal point—something I could do every yeah. day yeah. and go do it. Right. And and um, so I, I, and I was th- very thankful. So from that, it led me into sort of the party organization. And then from there into chair of the party and then mm-hmm. and subsequent things. So, so really that Michael Merrifield was kind of the, my inspiration for getting directly involved in doing things yeah. and with, and with some success. And yeah. so that was, that was very gratifying. And so I felt like, okay, we're on the road. Mm-hmm. And I actually think we are on the road in El Paso. County. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. El Paso County has really become a much more diverse County. Yeah. Uh, and, and, we got a lot of new people coming in here and uh and so the more we can do to try to educate and develop and and help mm-hmm. um you know educate people to politics i think the better we better it is yeah so
0: so once you have you know a candidate identified what what do you do to
1: well let me step back on step back okay a step back from that we don't identify candidates what happens well realistically what happens is candidates candidates identify themselves okay and it's like I was saying before. Somebody just says they, hand, they slam the table. I gotta do something. Yeah. Okay, well, it's that group of people who say I gotta do something, mm-hmm. and are I mean it. Right. They're not just you know yelling on TV, but they actually mean <laughs> it. And what can I do? Yeah. And then I think it's our job as a party organization or as a political organization to sit down with people, and say, "Well, here's your choices," and then out of that, you see people sort of emerge mm-hmm. who's willing to put in the time, who's will, yeah. who's really as serious about this. And and it, and then you know, so they kind of pull themselves up. And our job as an organization is to support them, yeah. to inform them, to let them know what are the options, and if possible, help them with organizational support. We can't usually help them with financial support. We just don't have the money. But right. but still, the idea is they as they plant their own seed, mm-hmm. we try to help them grow. Yeah. Into a candidate, right, and into a campaign, and into something meaningful, mm-hmm. and we, we've seen it happen in this county now. Well, several times. I mean, we've mm-hmm. got you know ser- several good people sitting in the legislature now, right. and uh, and also, uh, well, I don't want to disparage the other side, so I won't <laughs> say that. Never mind. <laughs> Fair but, enough, but yeah. Sorry. Uh, but uh, but I also might add also that right now, given the significant growth in population and registered voters we've had in this county in the last two or three years, I mean we've probably added fifteen percent to the registered voter population in since first of January twenty twenty. Yeah, you know that's a lot, and yeah. they're mostly living out here. You're living right in the middle of all of them. Right. And most of them didn't show up and become Republicans. They're just out there. And right. most of them are unaffiliated because that's their, their automatic registration if yep. they get a driver's license. Yep. And so they're all out here. And these are people that need to be informed, cultivated, yeah. developed. Yeah. And so this this area used to be sort of, you know, of crazy country. But yeah. now it's not. Yeah. This is a whole new world out here in the east. You mm-hmm. live in the right place.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm excited over yeah. here. Uh, there's a lot of lot of growth opportunity yeah. over bet. here. You um, so, you you know, kind of swinging back to the when developing candidates, yeah. Do, no. you, do you guys do any kind of like leadership ethical clor- courses or anything like that for candidates? I was
1: running a candidate development course mm-hmm. for the party, and it was it was not once they were candidates, but it's are you becoming? It's the stuff I've described to you, yeah. Just bringing them together, sitting people down, maybe set, uh, seminars of four or five uh, people, hopefully in the, down at the office, and then and then just going through the handbook and talking about what what are you think and asking yeah. them questions about. Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do it? What are you thinking about? What's your issues? What do you, you know, try to get them to pick their own brain Mm -hmm. and develop their own ideas in terms of, what. well, okay, I think this, but what do I really, as you think about all the implications, what does it mean? Try to get them thinking in that way. And then also give them guidance in terms of, well, okay, now once you've decided to do it, then how do you set up a campaign organization? How do you, you know, how do you do that? And who do you look for when you're looking for volunteers? What do you want? You know, Practical stuff like that, right. and then fundraising methods and stuff like that. So it it starts with the internal <clears throat> and, and how do you feel and why do you believe this and mm-hmm. what do you want to do, the internal stuff. But then you go, okay, then here's how you do it. Yeah. And so it, that's the last three chapters in the little handbook. So okay. I just kind of go through that process. So
0: Is there a question that catches people off guard when you ask them like what like if you sit down and say why do you want to do this? Have you thought about this? Is there a specific question that catches people off guard where they're like. Man, I never thought of that. I need to. Well,
1: I think, I think, I don't know. I can't, I don't know that. I don't have a specific question, though. Uh, but what, what I wonder about is when I hand them the 42 page candidate handbook and say, well, here, look it over. Yeah. You know, and they read it in <laughs> advance. And I think that might be the first sort of shock to them. Right, or at least, yeah. Whoa. But hopefully giving practical information and, you know, this is actually how you do it. Right. Uh, hopefully that settles them down right. so that they don't get hit with a lot of surprises and scares and all this other stuff <laughs> yeah. along the way. Oh, yeah. So they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so, But I can't think of any one thing. You'd have to ask them.
0: You know, <laughs> Give me their that. names. I'll, I'll talk to anybody. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, when we... You know, being a veteran, like, I see the veteran community as yeah. having a lot to offer. Oh, absolutely. Um, you, you know, and when it comes to politics. Yes. What can we do to bring, because, like, progressive veterans is, is a tough sell, you, you know, um, because we kind of been beaten to the corner for so long where, like, you, you just, sure. I, I've learned to just kind of, like, listen to garbage and not say anything, yep. You, yep. You, you know. How do we bring people out of that shell? How do we get, well, how can we reach out to veterans?
1: Yes. I mean, <laughs> you're,
0: you're right about the, the issue and the, what, the, what the problem is. And
1: I can't, I am not a veteran. And so I cannot speak to that experience because I haven't gone through it. Mm-hmm. And so you would be able to answer what what goes on. And for example, what efforts does the military make to transition people into civilian life? Mm-hmm. I knew they do, do a lot of wonderful programs, Usually in job training, you know, economic training or something like that. But I'm not sure if there's anything out there that says, okay, now you're not a veteran. You transition from being a active service personnel who has – you still have the rights of a citizen, but you don't have Mm – you are restricted and regulated in your political activity by just the fact that you're military. But once you're out of that, then what? Right. Right. And my attitude about the veterans, I absolutely agree with you. I think they they're a huge resource of, of skills, experience, service to country, service to community. I mean, that's just there already. Yeah, they've done it, and they've done it for years, and so they're good. Um, and how do you, you bring those benefits into uh, the political arena? So that those benefits can then be serve the community in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think veterans are a huge benefit. And I think we as, as, as Democrats or liberal progressives have been shy about talking to them. Yeah. And I think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, but on the other hand, I've also run into a civilian. Actually, it was a civilian employee who was out there in charge of the transitioning program. This was a few years ago. And he was absolutely awful. I mean, he was just, I will not talk about Democrats yep. and all you know, socialists yeah. and pigs. Yeah. On. yeah. It's like, wow. The thing was, the inquiry for the information came from a captain who was stationed in Italy who wanted information about how to run for office if she decided to right. settle in Colorado Springs. Yeah. And I talked to her and I said, well, how can we tell other people about this? Yeah. And so we were trying to. Open it up to you yeah. know as the transition goes on from service to c- citizenship. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we talk about this? Yeah, and I, I don't care about party organization, but just to be you know citizens. Right. And this guy just went off, and I and that really kind of shut it down at that yeah, moment. Yeah, that's frustrating. And it was frustrating, yeah. and um, because I I have so much well respect first of all, but but concern about using. The experiences that the military has, and what you go through, and I'm thinking about this abstractly, obviously, but but you have a sense of organization, a sense of loyalty, a sense of structure, a sense of service, a sense of all of these are wonderful things, characteristics for mm-hmm. citizens and and people in politics. Yeah. And so, you know, so let's bring them in and and get them involved right and and I think in many ways there's the democratic party or the, or the progressive side of the world needs to reach out to those people and not be afraid mm-hmm. because I think too often you know they are in the old days, the military tended to be conservative, and tended to be whatever, but yep. I think we cannot just assume everything's like that like it used to be, right, because it's not no. And and so we as progressives, as Democrats, as liberals, whatever we want to call ourselves, need to be able to reach out in, in, to those people coming out of service, out of the service, yeah. and say, look, here's what we have to offer, mm-hmm. you know. And if you can sit down and talk to people on a rational basis about stuff, I think, you know, there's a lot of things we can agree on. We'll That's disagree true. on one thing or another for sure, yeah, yeah. but there's a lot of things we can agree on. So what can we find? Right. They can bring us together, not that separates us. That's another big issue for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, so often, especially with a lot of our bills that get presented, they try to tie extra things into it where like the first part of the bill is you know, like, let's, you know, fund children, you know, education. Right. Everybody's like, yeah, let's do that. And then they tie a bunch of stuff on top of it. And it's like, no, I can't do that now. And they're, Oh, so you don't fund children. And you don't want to, it's like, no, man, you guys d- dilute the process by, just tacking on garbage. Everywhere. And
1: that's but that's the nature that's kind of the nature of the game. I mean, you're gonna yeah. have that. Yeah. And you gotta live with it and so you don't get everything you want this time but you get rest of it next time you know I mean that's, okay. that was wrong Reagan's approach to politics well we'll get 80% this time and we'll get 20% next time oh,
0: I mean that's what we had to do with social security too yeah, gotcha, gotcha. You, you know we didn't get Medicaid right then <laughs> we had to wait 30 years because the GOP was throwing up roadblocks yeah
1: and so so you know that but that's politics I mean that yeah. you talk it over and you compromise and all this stuff hopefully your compromises will be sufficient over time that you will see progress yeah. in, in good ways um, but that's yeah I know that's very frustrating for a lot of people but politics it's all about conversation and compromise mm-hmm. and, and uh, good politicians are good at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, So anyway,
0: but well, John, thanks for joining me today. It's my um, pleasure. It's been fun getting to know you. Yeah. Uh, thank, thanks for stopping by. Um, is there anything that uh, you need to tell us that that uh, to look forward to for the Democrats or, or for uh, election season coming up? Well, pay attention
1: to school board elections,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're very much involved. And the, the disadvantage of school board elections have is they don't have a political party organization, so candidates are kind of out there on their own. Mm-hmm. And what, what one of the things I'm trying to, I would like to help with is try to get candidates who have a common mindset to you know some sort of organizational structure behind them and stuff like that, so that they're not just out there kind of doing it all by themselves. Yeah. But people need to pay very close attention to school board elections um, as well as the general elections next year. Um, and, and don't let them go by. I mean, think about qualities, education for kids and, uh, try to get over all the hate speech and all that other stuff and think right. about, about quality education. So that's, that's a real concern I have right now. Yeah. Uh, and that's not, that's not democratic or, or republican. Right. That's nonpartisan and that's for all of us. So I think that's an important thing to do. So, yeah. um, anything else? I don't know. Uh, do you have any questions? anymore
0: no I think you're good I really enjoyed yeah, I, this I think I, you nailed it I, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed this a lot
1: um, and you know I'd like to keep me informed about what goes on and Absolutely. what happens okay so and, um, and once we go off the air I'd like to talk to you about other projects
0: yeah oh I got to- <laughs> You're talking about physical projects. You saw the greenhouse. No, no, I'm talking, I'm talking. About about pro- <laughs> I'm talking about political <laughs> projects. I'm talking about political projects. All right. Well, if you want to hand out with the greenhouse, I need help with that. So. Okay. <laughs> well, um, sorry, I, I
1: sneeze a lot. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. a real pleasure. I enjoyed right. it a lot. So, and I, I hope we'll be seeing each other again from time to time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure we will as much as we can. So, um,
0: if anybody out there is interested in uh, contacting John, uh, reach me out on my on the website info at epccpv.org, and, and I'll pass your info okay. o- over. Uh, so if you're interested in being a candidate, reach out, uh, yeah. the sooner that you raise your hand, the sooner that we can, uh, get started, we mean. can get started yeah. and help you out. You bet. So, so, all That's right, great. good. Here's a quick word from our sponsor. The all things military and veteran podcast is proudly sponsored by native roots, cannabis company, Colorado's leading locally grown and owned dispensary chain. Native roots has been our largest donor since we were founded four years ago and mm-hmm. we thank them for their service. They have 20 locations in Colorado, and Native Roots is ready to educate and serve recreational and medical patients alike. Thank you for listening today. Uh, It was a great time talking with John. I hope you guys got something out of it. Again, if you need anything from us or you need help with anything, with the VA or anything, reach out to us, info at epccpv.org. If you guys need anything else, just reach out, and we're here to help and try to try to gather resources and help you out any way we can. So thank you for listening. I hope you're having fun. Stay safe.